Working Class Audio is made possible by the support of Cali Audio, DistroKid, Sampley Audio, Audio Technica, Gearspace, and Grace Design. This is the Working Class Audio Podcast, Session 278. Working Class Audio, navigating the world of recording with a working class perspective. Here's your host, Matt Boudreaux. Thanks, Chuck. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Working Class Audio Podcast. This is session 278 you're listening to. I have a very different kind of show today, and typically you know that I have one person on, and we interview them one-on-one, unless it's, say, a NAM show episode uh, where I'm interviewing a hodgepodge of people. So what I've done today is a little bit like that. It's kind of a, a hybrid of the two. And that is, is I've put together a panel of three people. And in this case, those three people are all former WCA guests. Sarah Carter, who first appeared on WCA 194. Fela Davis, who appeared on WCA number 198. And Jameson Durr, who appeared on episode number 211. So I reached out to them and I said, hey, Let's get together on Zoom. Let's have a discussion about the current state of things and talk about the aspects that they've observed, they're encountering, et cetera, et cetera. So, so today we have Sarah Carter, Fela Davis, and Jameson Durr, also known as my work from home panel, coming up here on the Working Class Audio Podcast. Grab your coffee cups, friends. I want to check in on you and make sure that you're utilizing your time wisely. All right, so what are you doing with your time? I know I have been hammering away at you for the past few weeks about what you can be doing, and here I am again. I'm going to do it again. So what are you doing with your time? Are you spending it sitting around, eating a bag of chips, watching the news, and freaking out over the number of deaths that have been reported or you know the numbers coming to your city of reported cases of coronavirus? Not a great use of your time. So... I'm assuming that most people listening to this are audio professionals. If you're not, uh, hope, hopefully you can draw from this too. But to my audio professionals, let's discuss. All right, first off, is your gear insured? And if it is not, this is a great time to sit down and meticulously go through everything and document the make, the model, the serial number uh, of that piece of gear, of those pieces of gear. Put that into a spreadsheet and get that ready for a potential insurance carrier. Some insurance carriers just offer blanket amounts uh, to cover you. I, I know that's the case for my insurance carrier, so I didn't have to submit an itemized list, but I have one. Just, it's good to know, uh, you know, if there's a theft at your studio or at your home and a piece of gear goes missing, you'll have that master list. And when you start to accumulate a lot of gear, you tend to lose track of stuff. I know I tend to lend things out to people and I tend to forget what pieces of gear are out there. And then it comes to me as I'm falling asleep one night, oh yeah, so-and-so has this mic. So document everything you have. Make, model, serial number, all in a spreadsheet. Work on that. What about your backup strategy? Do you have one? Are you backing up your client's files? If not, this is an ideal time to put that into place, to make sure that there are three copies in some way, shape or form of all of their stuff that you have worked on. So that when the day comes that they call on you and say, hey, do you remember that mix? Could we get an instrumental version of that mix? Or hey, could you redo that master as, as I don't know, a high res master, or could you remaster it for um, a compilation or I don't know. 
there's going to be some reason somebody's going to call on you for some piece of audio. And if you're prepared for it, you really bring value to the table. So be thinking about that. My favorite thing to backup drives in general is Backblaze. And I'm going to include a link in the show notes. I think it's, uh, I think it continues to be five bucks a month. I pay yearly. I think I pay 50 bucks a machine or 60 bucks a machine. Maybe it's that. And I've got like three or four machines in the house that I pay for yearly. And that, uh, not only does it cover those machines by uh, backing them up on a daily basis, it, it can be scheduled, it can be continuous, whatever you want, but it also tracks the machines. So if your machine goes missing, it's yet another way to track your machine because your machine's gonna wanna call to the mothership that is Backblaze every time it logs on so it can back up. So that's something to consider. All right, so we got uh, prepping for insurance, prepping for backup. What else do we have? What about repairs? If you're a studio owner, uh, and even if you're not a studio owner, if you got a piece of gear that needs repair, this is a great opportunity to figure out what pieces need work, get in touch with your local favorite repair person that you deal with who deals in pro audio gear and does repairs. And they might be hurting for business right now. And this would be a great opportunity if you have the financial resources to put out to get that gear repaired, it's a perfect time. It's downtime at the studio, downtime at your own personal studio, wherever wherever your gear is and whoever it serves, you have downtime right now. So this is a great time to get that stuff repaired so that when all the smoke clears, all the gear is back up and running and in tip-top shape. And I think that's a great thing to have done right at this moment. What else? I think it goes without saying, this is a perfect time to clean up and organize your studio. If you've been thinking about rewiring your studio, do it now, you know? Get everything pulled out, disconnected. You know, if you want to redo your wiring at this time, gosh, you've got ample time to solder at this time, if that's if that's your thing. Uh, if you're more of a plug and play person, you know, you just want to buy a bunch of D-subs, uh, you could do that too. But essentially, get the studio cleaned up, get it organized, get it ready for the wave, because that's something I'm starting to think is going to happen, is when all of this comes to an end, Yes, it may take a while for the economy to, to bounce back, but I think that you're going to find, at least in the music world, you're going to have a lot of musicians stuck at home writing a crap ton of tunes, and they're going to want to get them down. And maybe they've already uh, done a little recording on their own, and they are going to need stuff mixed. People are going to need stuff mastered. Some people are going to need stuff tracked from uh, top to bottom. You know, maybe everybody in a band has been working on their own, working on their own parts, and they are just just going to be aching to get into a room with their fellow bandmates to, to do something and do some content creation. Be prepared for them. Get your shit together. Have all that gear repaired. Back up everything. Get everything ready to go because this is not going to last for the long term. The more prepared you are, the better, better off you're going to be. The other thing, too, you know, from my... Uh, Location sound, folks. You know, all of this applies to you too. Get your gear repaired. Make sure your rigs are all ready to go to, to jump on the next thing that happens in terms of whether it's a commercial or a film or a reality TV thing. This is the time. Get prepared. Another thing, maybe you don't have any mixing clients right now. Maybe this is the time where you go and you download some free multi-tracks or pull up some old tracks that you have backed up, right? And uh, do a little practicing. This is a great time to test out new ideas, 
to get inspired, to try new techniques. And if you're not on the clock and getting paid for it uh, that way, and if you're not on the clock and getting paid, then you can go to town. You can get uh, as crazy as you want. A lot of us watch uh, various YouTube videos and we download templates of people that we really admire. Download those, those templates and start working through those and modifying them to your liking so that you have some new inspiration on, on the mixing front at the very least. Now, if you're extra bored, and I mean, this is, this is for those who love to do this because I don't love doing this. Let's say you need some mic cables. Well, maybe this is the time to order up a huge spool of, of your favorite mic cable and a ton of XLRs and fire up the soldering gun and get to making some new mic cables. It's a perfect time to do it. And it's, you know, you could put on some music, you could put on this podcast or some other podcast and sit, listen, solder, make something, complete something. I think that's the whole pur purpose in, in me telling you this once again is I just want you all to not sit around and not make progress on something. You know, as I tell my kids, you know, during the school week, this isn't summer vacation. This isn't a time that, you know, you're vacationing and just sitting around all day, watching TV and eating chips and God knows what else. This is a time to get stuff done. This is a time to make progress. So. I know it's a rant and I've said it in one variation or another over the past couple weeks, but I'm really, really focused on this and I really want to see you all make some progress and I don't want to see you stagnate and I don't want to see you get depressed about the state of things. So focus your mind, get stuff done, get prepared because when this ends, you're going to need to be firing on all cylinders and be ready and available to your clients. I think I'm going to need some more coffee. Most of you already know about Grace Design and have known about them for years. Uh, they've been around since 1994. It was started by the two brothers, Michael and Eben Grace, who still run the company to this day. And you already know that they make incredible sounding products for us all. What you might not know if you don't know them is that Michael and Eben are two of the nicest people on the planet. Easily approachable, very knowledgeable. You might have met them at a trade show and experienced this. Without a doubt, it's one of my favorite companies out there in the world of pro audio. You might have heard me a few times talking about the Grace 908 Atmos controller. I think the most elegant solution, if you're going to be doing Atmos, that is the best solution out there, as far as I'm concerned, hands down. And prior to that, I was using the Stereo 905 controller for many years. Not only that, but most recently, I have used their 108 mic pre's to do the Room 219 combo jazz record that you might have heard me talk about. The point is, is that they check all the boxes for me. They're incredibly nice people. They make incredibly great products. They're located here in the United States in Lyons, Colorado, and employ a number of people. They're the epitome of a small business here in the U.S., and I just love that whole thing. So if you are in the market for mic preamps or instrument preamps or monitor controllers, this is the company to check out hands down. If you don't know about them, go to gracedesign.com, check them out. And if you're in the market for any of those products, you absolutely have to consider what they offer because what they offer is superior build quality and sound quality. And those of you who bought their products in the 90s that are still using them, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So check them out, gracedesign.com. I know the business of audio is a frustrating one sometimes. The audio part's pretty, pretty fun, but it's the business of it and the career part of it that's a little challenging to many of us. I can completely empathize with that. And if you thought to yourself, God, I wish I could talk to somebody about this, you can do that. You could talk with me about it. 
As a matter of fact, you can book me for a coaching and consulting call over Zoom very simply. Just head on over to workingclassaudio.com. If you click on the menu button, at the top of the menu, there is a link that says Coaching and Consulting with Matt. Super simple. Click on the link, book me in for an hour on a Zoom call, and we will discuss your particular situation, and I will help you get refocused, re-inspired, and figure out what is the best path forward for you. If your situation requires a little more extensive conversation, we can absolutely book a series of calls and, like I say, get you focused and get you moving forward. I've been there, and when you don't have anybody to talk to about it, it's a little frustrating. So head on over to workingclassaudio.com, click on the menu button, and book yourself in for a Zoom call with me. And we can sit down and chat, coffees in hand, ready to tackle the business of audio together. All right, let's get to it. The Work From Home panel featuring Fela Davis, Jameson Durer, and Sarah Carter here on the Working Class Audio Podcast. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. On the call, I've got Fela Davis, Jameson Durer, and Sarah Carter, all former WCA guests that I thought I would pull together to have a discussion about just the state of things with coronavirus, stay-at-home type of culture that we have now. And in a world of Zoom calls and video calls for doing business and interacting, it's been a little strange to say the least. So I I figured I'd pull the three of you in to ask you questions about just survival, things you've observed, how it's affected you, et cetera, et cetera. So we'll we'll just kind of dive in. Let's just start with you, Sarah. So what are your observations as an audio professional as all of this has gone down and how are you doing and how are the people around you doing? Well, I feel very lucky, to be honest. I haven't at the moment noticed much in the way of downturn in business for me. But then again, the way my business is set up, I'm sort of geared more towards online working anyway. So I've been working remotely for the past three years. So I'm kind of used to that way of working anyway. The only sort of major difference that I've come across to my day-to-day working has been having people at home because, of of course, my partner and family are now here. So I've had to sort of find ways of making that work for me. The main issue being the sort of extra noise and comings and goings that are happening around the house that are distracting. And not only that, they are, you know, getting used to their new way of working as well, having to work from home or or not, depending on their circumstances. So I feel really, I, I feel quite lucky at the moment, but, you know, looking in and looking at my friends, some of them are really struggling, particularly the ones that have got bricks and mortar studios, they're all closed, you know, they've had to close them and shift Mm. very quickly over to remote working. And I think, I mean, we've been, we've been at it now for what, two or three weeks, a good couple of weeks. And I think my observations are that with the tools we've got available to us to be able to work online, to stream our sessions across the internet and get client feedback that way, I think it's been admirable really how the people in the audio industry seem to have just pulled it off really from what I've seen, just kind of got on with it. There's, what else can you do really? 
They've, they've just pulled the tools to hand, done what needs to be done and got on with it. The problem that they're having, I think, now are ones of financial, the financial difficulties that come with trying to keep a, stu- a bricks and mortar studio with all the overheads and the rent, etc. So, yeah, I feel kind of lucky that I haven't got that to worry about. Fela, what about you? You're in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. What have you observed and how, how has it affected your world? Yeah, we're in kind of the, the epicenter of everything being so close to New York City. I got a lot of cases over here in Jersey, but we opened our podcast studio a year ago. So yeah, now that that's been, we shut that down like three weeks ago and went remote with our clientele. The price point isn't going to be as high as brick and mortar that I would charge, but still having a cash flow is super important right now, you know, just having something coming in. And the fact that I was dealing with more of the business types, lawyers and doctors lately, and they're continuing to work. So they, they have an income. So having that kind of clientele has really saved the day for us. On top of, you know, the music stuff is kind of at a standstill at this point. That's pretty much what we're, we're concentrating on now is doing a lot of Zoom live streaming and, and podcast development for people just online. So no hand to hand or really just showing previous work that we had done. And now the new work that we're doing with Zoom. So it's been good. We've got new clients with it. So can't complain too much. We're healthy. And I got a couple of partners that also work with me. So yeah, we're, it's been going as good as it could. It, where we're at, because I mean, it, it's total lockdown over yeah. here. Is no like going out. You can go to the supermarket, but you got to come in with a mask and gloves, and it, it's pretty hardcore here yeah. as far as living. But we do studio work, so I'm kind of used to being in one spot, calling clients, and being on my laptop all day, or being able to call my partner. So that does, you know, uh, hey, could you edit this? I'm dropboxing it right now, you know, so just using every digital tool we ha- we have going for us, which we already had. I think we all had that Dropbox and some Zoom, but now it's just heavy. Yeah, It's just like it's everything. And it's going to be interesting with having a brick and mortar and opening that back up. We look forward to that. That'll be good because it's, we don't have that many people come through. I think we'll be one of the first businesses opening, hopefully, when that does happen, because it's never more than a few people. I want to circle back to that at, at, at some point here and talk about brick and mortar. Yeah. Jameson, I wanted to ask you, so you have a combination of working freelance as an audio engineer, mm-hmm. but you also work for Sammy Hagar. So how has it affected you and... Are you changing anything that you do in your day-to-day? Yeah, yes and, and no. I mean, I do a lot of mixing here in this room. I've been doing it for several, several years, even though I have my studio at Hyde Street, which is now named Wally's Hideout. So that has kind of closed for a little bit now. I do have partners, which I'm very fortunate to have those guys. And two of them are still able to go in and do stuff by themselves, be it mixing or one guy, Chris McGrew, he's my other partner and he's a drummer. So he's doing remote drum tracks from the studio. And we sort of have a protocol when they go in that, that, you know, everything is sanitized and wiped down before and after you leave. And it's just one person there. 
and then they're going to leave a grace day in between. So that's helping to pay the rent there. It's definitely not as much as it was when we were all working there. But I'm fortunate to have Chris and, and, and uh, my other partner, Rowan Gibson. He's doing mixing there and some bass and guitar overdubs by himself. So there's that. And then we've been fortunate enough to get some grants. We had a grant from the, the Center for Cultural Innovations. I don't know if you've heard of that grant, mm. but they were able to give us some money. We filled out a lot of grants. So we're kind of waiting to uh, hear back for more of those, which will hopefully be the saving grace of the, of the studio. But we're um, determined that we're going to keep it going and do whatever we can to weather the storm on this. So a grant, what is that in relation to specifically? It's for small businesses in San Francisco and people in the arts. Oh, I see. Yeah. So you you signed up for that after all of this started to happen. Yeah. My partners and I filled out a bunch of grant forms that were going around. I haven't heard anything back yet, <laughs> but I'm sure the the whole grant system is just overwhelmed right now. Same here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, so fortunately I'm working enough from home. Yeah. Speaking on the Sammy front. Yeah. I usually go in the studio and record him. I don't know if you've been watching social media, but they are doing these recordings from home via their iPhones. And then they send me all the audio. I mix that, send it to the video guy. He edits it all. And then they post it online. So they're doing these online videos that are really cool. And it's, it's got to be one of the most challenging mixed jobs because it's all iPhone recordings. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to make them sound hi-fi, but you know, it's coming out pretty good, all things considered. And then we're going to be stepping that up and then they're starting to do a little bit of multi-tracking now. Interesting. So Jameson, you and Fela both have brick and mortar infrastructures to support. And in your case, Jameson, you're you're doing this grant. Faila, you said me too. Were you indicating that you too filled out a grant? Uh, oh paperwork? yeah, yeah, yeah. Many many grants. Yeah, everything we could find. That's great. For those listening out there who haven't done that, how did you all figure that out? Fela, how did you figure your thing out? Where did you hear about that? A lot of threads were on social media mm-hmm. and just doing our, you know, your own research is just, yeah, how are you going to pay rent is the first thing I think everybody thought when they <laughs> when this happened. Like, uh-oh, besides your home rent. Yeah. You know, it's like two things you have to take care of that are now essentially dead. One thing that was taking care of itself. So, yeah, it, you know, that was like, oh, that's the shot. We have to go and look for these grants. So not mm-hmm. so much loans, but grants. Okay. Is it complicated? Is the paperwork like ask you a bunch of like qualifying questions that are just over the top or is it fairly straight ahead? I've straight ahead. Yeah, I've experienced it pretty straight ahead. You know, yeah. it's no crazy it's not like buying a house, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think they want to get the money out there. I think they want yeah. to just help people. I think nobody's holding on. It's just like, all right, it's here. And it's just so many people that are doing fundraisers for the small business mm-hmm. owners and freelancers. And it, help is out there. You, you really, you just have to research it. Sarah, is there anything like that that you're aware of in the UK? Yeah, there are lots of grants and, and emergency help funds. And like Fela says, you've just got to go out and research it. We've got the Music Producers Guild here, which I think is a global sort of association. And they've helped a lot. They've got some information on their website to help people find grants to apply for. But there's another one as well, the Association of Independent Musicians, I think it is. That's another British group 
And I think ultimately they have record labels, small independent record labels that are members of their group. And they are offering grants to people who are working with labels that are members of their association. So there are lots of things out there. It seems to be to me that you're going to be better off if you were already a member of things like the PRS and the Association of Independent Musicians and Musicians Union as well. If you were already a member of these places, then you're in a slightly better position. Whether you can join now and claim, <laughs> I don't know. Um, mm. But it's certainly worth, you know, why not see what you can do? But yeah, there are, there are plenty of things. Well, I'm saying plenty, and I, but I don't want to give a false impression. There are places to go and look and find the information that you need here in Britain. As I said, the MPG, the Association of Independent Musicians, Musicians Union, PRS, and just, I'm sure you will find things just by researching. Just ask Google. Just ask Google. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so we, we have the issue of the brick and mortar studios who need that economic help to pay the rent. That's one obstacle. I guess the next obstacle from a music perspective, and, and Phil, I want to touch on the podcast aspect in a minute, mm -hmm. but so Jameson, in, in, in your case, you have this brick and mortar place that you share with a group of guys mm -hmm. and you're figuring out the rent through this grant. But then there's the the stumbling block of clients and the clients, the musicians in many cases are dependent on not only gigs and mm -hmm. record sales, but also they might have another job. So they may, they may work at a restaurant, they may work at a bar, their mm -hmm. income has been drastically slashed. Yeah, so that, that affects everything else down the line, which ultimately leads to those of us who, who are doing music recording or, or even live sound. So for the studio owner, Jameson, how are you all handling that aspect of it, the loss of that or has there been a loss? Oh, there's definitely been a loss. I've canceled lots of sessions. I was in the middle of recording a record and then this all happened and I had to cancel a bunch of sessions. And we don't know when it's going to go back is the scary part, but I'm confident that it will. And I'm sure it'll be like when we went into it, it was like small gatherings of people. You know, you couldn't have a huge concert. Mm -hmm. So I'm uh, hopeful that that's going to come back around that way. Like I said, there's the grant that's helping us. And we're getting lots of requests for people to go back in. So people are anxious to go back into the studio. So there is a demand. There is a demand. And so everybody's just kind of waiting like, well, we have clients waiting to do this. I think the one record that I was working on, I think what's going to happen is the band's just going to have to record it at home. And I will just help guide them via Zoom or whatever to do it at home as I was producing the record too. So we'll probably have to do this, this video chat and coach him over his parts and he'll record his parts at home and then send them to me and then I'll do all the comping and, and editing. So to compensate, you're, you're essentially having to virtually engineer yeah. and teach at the same time to help the musicians who are also isolated on their own and away right. from, probably away from their bandmates in many cases. Yeah. Yeah, they are. So it's going to be you know this remote thing. Yeah. At least the basics got recorded. So now we're just into overdubs. And so, yeah, I'm in the middle of mixing two records, I guess, overdubbing and mixing. So that's kind of sustaining me now, which is, which is nice. My head is spinning from the potential amount of complications that will arise down the line if we keep going yeah. longer and longer, because it's one thing if the band is together remotely and you're, you're helping them that way. 
splitting them apart, that presents its challenges. And then when it comes to drummers who might live in an apartment situation and maybe they can't get to their practice room, maybe their practice room's shut down, I don't know, that's going to present some challenges. So hopefully uh, <laughs> we can all navigate around that aspect of it. Yeah. Fela, in your case, you do live sound work a lot, and I know that you you do work for Christian McBride. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that has dried up for now. Mm-hmm. The podcast business is what you're focused on, I assume, right now for income. Is that correct? Yeah. Actually, that, that was basically my full income because I'm not going out on the road anymore with him. And it's interesting because I decided that like, a few weeks before this all went down because the the brick and mortar was taken off so much. We were constantly busy and I couldn't just leave for three weeks and go to Europe or something like that. So all of my eggs were pretty much in this basket. <laughs> but like you were saying, the, what I left it for, it, was a, it wasn't so much music stuff. It was a lot of helping other businesses that were going again, the real estate people and stuff like that. So I was going that way anyway. This just made me go full on in again, even deeper, deeper into the podcast. Yeah, world. into the podcast world. The good thing is that I had already started networking my local chamber of commerce. So I've been doing live calls with them and still being able to get some clientele through that because they want to still continue to content out and stuff like that about their business. That was a saving grace that I wasn't just in the music scene, which I'm still in the music scene here, but that's kind of dried up. Like there's nothing I can really do. Cause I mean, here it's even less space to do anything. You talk about that drummer with <laughs> no drummer, <laughs> with no space. Yeah. There is no drummer with space here. Try and do some bass overdubs. I mean, if you're not living in an apartment, and everybody is home now. Like, like Sarah was saying, it's just like, it's a cluster for New York because it's just, mm-hmm. we're on top of each other anyway. And, and yeah. to do music with that, it's just, that's just a hard one. Before I joined the call, I, I was talking to my, my youngest son, who's 11. I said, can you wait to do your French horn practicing until <laughs> after I'm done with this call? Right. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so imagine doing that in a 20 level high rise or a third, like nobody wants to hear that. Right. So, you know, the music, ugh, that that's, <laughs> that's going to be a hard one here for a minute. So I, I'm glad that I did have that to fall back on dealing with normal people work. <laughs> I, so I, wanna, I, I just want to dissect that for a minute there, Fela on the, the podcasting. So you're at your house and you've got these podcast clients that are that you're doing podcasts with. Mm-hmm. What are some of the technologies that you're using to accomplish your goals with your clients? So we're we're doing straight audio podcasting and we're doing the video as well, which with the video that that's also editing so we get to to charge on on that service. A lot of clients are kind of starting their own digital show, like via Zoom, like what we're doing now. And, you know, bringing in other people that they know in, in their, well, what they do as far as like, so we had a realtor earlier this morning and she had an in-home designer was sharing her screen, showing, you know, how to do certain stuff. And I mean, and so I record that, edit it, put my business partner is a music producer. So he created her theme song. 
and cool. we create its own show that's custom and it's like everybody's used to seeing zoom now so everybody knows that's pretty <laughs> much everybody's option i mean you know it's a few other things out there too but yeah so we just edit and put it together like a real show for them and they have some nice well put together content throughout all of this that's going on and people are enjoying it and taking it in and becoming their clients so it's just helping with their marketing so as far as what technology you're using, it, obviously you're relying on Zoom. Yep, Zoom, Logic, Final Cut. Yeah, we're just using everything that we can use to make some business go. And what about your clients? Are they just basically using the standard consumer fare as far as earbuds, yep. using the mic off that, et cetera? Yep, yep. I tell them all to get on headsets to just get a better recording for them. I mean, of course, because nobody has what you guys have set up or, you know, <laughs> <laughs> <Of course. laughs> even though one client, I did send a USB mic to her. So I, I'll do that for, for certain clientele that this really want the best that they can get. We do that as well. Yeah, it was just a, a good, a good side hustle for, for all of these business owners. Yeah. Hey, our friends over at DistroKid have created the DistroKid app for Android, which allows you to do some key things such as check your stats from Apple and Spotify, edit release metadata, upload new releases, and a host of other features. And remember, WCA listeners get 30% off your first year at DistroKid. And if you just head on over to workingclassaudio.com slash WCA30, you can follow the link, get your 30% off, and be off to the races. So check our friends out at DistroKid and make sure and get your 30% off by going to workingclassaudio.com slash WCA30. Sarah, in your particular case, you mentioned everybody being at home. How are you dealing with that? Because obviously we want to, I think you and I are in a similar situation and possibly Jameson as well, where we want to turn up the speakers. We want to hear what we're doing. Yeah. How do you compensate? Yeah, it just comes down to trying to have a routine. I think if you, the audio engineer in the house working from home, has a routine that you stick to throughout the course of the day, I think it makes it much easier for other people to fall into that. So I've found that having a routine and then just talking and communicating and just letting people know what you're going to be up to during the day really helps. If there's a workout going on somewhere in the house with some banging music going on then you know i've got to kind of get up and say can you turn it down a bit please i can't mix when there's that bass coming through i can hear it can we just have it a little bit quieter and of course you know it's oh sorry i didn't realize and that's the other aspect of it is that whilst there may be people out there who are off work in air quotes they tend to forget that you are actually at work still so they will think nothing of just walking into the studio and kind of asking some kind of random question about what they should order on the shopping delivery this week or something, I don't, you know, <laughs> something really random and it just throws you off your train of thought. So it's taken some getting used to, but as I said, it's been about two or three weeks, so we're all kind of getting into the swing of it now. And I think as it goes on through the coming months, then it will only get better at it. So, yeah, it's been difficult, but we're getting there. So here's a question for all three of you. And Jamison, I'll start with your answer first, if you don't mind. Mm -hmm. Because of all of this, this is, I'm sure, causing all three of you to really think through not only your existing business 
and how you operate day to day, is it causing you also to think up new ideas, thinking outside the box and maybe developing new plans for the future once all of this blows over and maybe future-proofing what you do? Or are you just going to keep going as business as usual? Yeah, I think I'll always probably mix here from home. But yeah, the question is, is all those clients that I have, those that are professional musicians, like how will they sustain? So that's definitely a a concern. I am actually very thankful that I built this mix room at home. It almost kind of made me a little bit future-proof to have that, whereas a couple of my other partners don't have that, so they're doing the studio. I think this is kind of a way of future-proofing, as I think every engineer should probably have some kind of a space that they can utilize. With technology now, you don't need much. You don't need a big console and a bunch of outboard gear. Mm-hmm. You know, you could almost do it with a laptop and headphones if you know them well enough, but <laughs> Pretty At much. some point, yeah. I mean, I have a pretty small mix room here. It just happens to be an extra room in my house. And I don't know, my mixes translate out of here, you know, which is another good thing that I've done this, you know, these treatments in here really put the work in you know, yeah. make it so that mixes translate. Is there any other types of audio you're considering as an income stream or are you just going to kind of just play this out and see where it goes. Music is definitely my passion. and It's what I'm really good at in, in mixing and producing and all that. But I would be open to doing some film work too. I've always been kind of fascinated with that whole aspect. Okay. So. Sarah, what about you? Are you, I mean, you work from home as do I, and I see I've been watching your YouTube videos. So you're obviously putting some time and effort into that. Are there other things that you're considering as well? Only really much further down the line, I thought what I've liked doing about the YouTube videos is that I've just liked being able to share my knowledge, really. And I've been getting some great feedback, some lovely comments from people about about the videos. And it's it's very early days and I'm still finding my feet and learning the ways of YouTube. But yeah, I would possibly consider putting together like digital courses or something along those lines to look at getting some sort of second income stream to come through just to, I'd been thinking of doing that anyway, to level out the peaks and troughs that seem to be pretty common for any freelance creative. So I was looking for ways to even that out and making courses seemed like a fairly good way to do that because I just enjoy helping new mixers come through and get better at mixing in their home studios. So that was the idea really behind the, the YouTube videos to start that and see if it went out and people liked what I did, then I would look at doing perhaps an odd course or something like that to get a little bit of extra income coming in. But apart from that, I mean, I had considered doing things like podcast editing because I'd got all that radio background. I'd, I'd done years at the BBC just editing interviews and speech and as more so than editing music. But I put that one to bed quite early. I, I just knew that I didn't really have the heart for that anymore. <laughs> um, much like Jameson, my, my passion is music. So I went into this for music and to work with self-producing musicians to try and help them get a record out there that they can be proud of and that will stand up next to all the sort of commercial releases. So that's my passion, really. So I think being able to teach that or teach techniques to help people get that for themselves in their own home studios, I think uh, that appeals to me more. So that's what I'm going to look into. Fela, in your case, are you considering other things other than 
podcasting to bring in income as far as audio-related activities? Yeah, we've gotten a lot into video production for these businesses. And uh, Mm. right before this kind of went down, that was really taken off for us as well. So editing audio and then doing video projects for businesses was starting to just take off for us as a company. And I, it was enjoyable the same way for, for me as music is, you know, dealing with musicians and stuff. Uh, just a different aspect. The cool thing is that the business people were very appreciative of the work a little bit more so than some of musicians can be. It can be a little like, <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, you know, I think we've all gotten that a little bit from a musician or two. Uh, <laughs> And a little bit more with dealing with businesses, it's been kind of fun because they, they like the creativity that we bring because we come from a music background and we, we don't come from that corporate world. So they don't get a corporate video. We give something with more soul and uh, <laughs> just more about their personality. And I think that that was our selling point with that. So that's kind of what we really look forward to getting back to is doing uh, the video production and having the, the studio back open. And the good thing is, is that it'll probably be the first things open once it does start to open back up because we have so few people in our studio anyway. It's, it's not it's no large gathering. Unlike mm-hmm. if I was doing live shows in the city or something like that's going to be a while. Mm-hmm. I already know. Is a live, you know, I know the live sound thing is kind of gone for quite a few months, well into the summer, maybe. And I'm just preparing myself for it. But it's still a passion of mine. But yeah, Mm -hmm. it's the the shifts are happening. And I and I was starting to lay the groundwork a little earlier, as you knew from like NAM and AES and stuff from us talking. Yeah. So I still have my hands into the music world and I love those cats and I, I love mixing that kind of yeah. stuff. But yeah, it's just not possible right now. Expanding on other stuff that you know, I feel just as passionate about now. And I don't know if this is going to be the case for, for all of us. As far as these technologies that we're utilizing now, one thing for me that has really become invaluable, I'm currently in the middle of mixing a big band record. Nice. And the guys I'm working with are in LA. And so I've been using this plugin audio movers to yeah. stream the mix to them, do FaceTime on a laptop to my left, and then screen share my Pro Tools session over Zoom. It's kind of been this, wow. you know, multi, it's, it's like an octopus of sorts, technology-wise. I'm curious if there's any particular technologies any of you have kind of stumbled upon or really put to use more so than normal because of this. I mean, Zoom, I I had it before, but I mean, now I got the upgraded version and all the intricacies in this program is pretty crazy. If you go into the settings, the multi-track recording options you have in it, it's a pretty dope system. It's just being taxed right now with so many people. But if you know what you're doing, it, it's pretty much there for you. I'm going to have to dig into that. I didn't realize you could do multi-track audio in Zoom. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody that logs in, it, it creates a track. So, yeah. And I'm trying to think if that's, I think that's in the pro though. That's in like regular pro. So, it, okay. it, yeah, you should just look into Yeah. It's a, lo- a bunch of settings. It's like pages. When you start scrolling, you're like, what? I can yeah. do this. I can do like, 
Yeah, yeah. So it's been a learning process in these last two weeks, just Zoom. <laughs> yeah. The thing that I've been using remotely, I'm looking into this audio movers thing, but what I've been using in the past is NiceCast, which has been around forever. Mm. But unfortunately, I don't know if you know yeah. this, NiceCast no longer exists. Somehow oh. it's still working on my my MacBook. Okay. Well, but they, I know they it's going stop. They stopped offering it because I think mm -hmm. Rogue Amoeba, the company behind it, I don't know if the priorities changed or I don't know what happened, but I went there one day and it was like gone. Yeah. The audio mover thing is definitely a better workflow for that. You're just putting a plug in on your, your DAW and streaming it out. So I'll probably eventually change to that. For most of my clients, I just, I send them a, a mix. I'm using a file server called FilePass, which I think was uh -huh. invented by one of your past guests. That's right. Brian David Hood created FilePass with some partners and yeah, that's been a real invaluable yeah. piece of technology for me. Yeah. And they just added the uh, client upload part of it too. So now clients can send their files in, which I'm utilizing a lot right now. And just, you know, being able to put your mix up there and then have them make comments and with a timeline, kind of like SoundCloud where they can put in their notes in there. That's been a bit of a game changer. And now I'm really relying on it now, utilizing this technology. Yeah. Yeah, file pass has been great. Sarah, anything from you? Have you picked up on anything new or I've been across what people have been using, you know, when more so the recording engineers looking for solutions working remotely, just out of interest really. But as I said, I was kind of already set up because I'd set up my business as an an online business anyway. So I I was already kind of set up. So I I've used Bounce Boss, which is the sort of file pass competitor if you like right and really i just i've just been sticking to the old favorites like email i guess i'm a bit of a dinosaur <laughs> that way but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i've got it dialed in now it works quite well for for both me and my clients but yeah zoom has been really interesting and the audio movers i was across that and then there's quite a number of apps out there when you start looking into it there's one called connection open which i heard about today hmm. that you can use it as a as a plugin or as a standalone app and communicate with guests with sort of isdn quality hmm. oh, nice so that was kind of interesting i think i've just been been looking and storing this away just in case i may need it in the coming months so it's great to see all these you know little apps kind of getting a bit a bit of publicity now uh, so, uh, you know, I'm pleased for them. It's always nice when there are solutions out there that can help people out in situations like this. So that's cool. About a year and a half ago, I signed up for Sampley.app and I have to report back and say that I'm completely thrilled with it and it's working out quite well. It gives me the ability to upload mixes and masters to the website and provide a super pro looking interface for my clients. They can drop comments in the timeline. They can listen on any device. They can listen to it in high res. And if I want them to pay for the mix or master before they download it, because of the Stripe integration, I can set that up. There's also Dropbox integration, which allows me to quickly create a folder in my Dropbox, which automatically syncs with Samply, makes it much more simple. You should check it out for yourself. 
but there's a deal to be had. So use the code WCA20. Go to Samply.app or Samply.app. Use the code WCA20, get 20% off, and you'll be off to the races. It's a fantastic tool that I think you're going to enjoy and will definitely make you look a lot more pro when you're delivering files to clients. Skip that whole business where you send it to them over Dropbox. That looks totally amateur at this point. Use Samply.app and use that code WCA20, and I think you're going to be really thrilled. Sampley.app. Check it out. One thing that we've had to do here at our house is with our internet service provider, Comcast, is we had to up our bandwidth because you've got two middle school-aged boys doing video calls, e-learning type situations. Mm. Mm -hmm. My wife works a corporate job and is in constant video conference calls throughout the day. And then, of course, I'm doing what we all do, doing a variety of audio and video intensive things. So that's one thing that we did. And I know some some parts of the United States, some parts of the, the, the world have fiber. We don't in our area. And I was stunned to see that we got, I guess it was 700 megabits per second down, 15 up with a ping of like 7 to 13, If for those that keep track of that thing. And uh we're on that now, so we'll have to see how that pans out here for the near future. Have any of you had to upgrade your internet? No. I've already had pretty fast internet. Yeah. I just kind of got the fastest thing I could get when I signed up for my packages. Like, I didn't really care about TV or phone services. Like, I just want the fastest internet I can get. So <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I did the I'm, same. Yeah. And thank goodness they put in optics, yeah, like seven, eight years ago in Jersey. Yeah. They've been on on the cutting edge because Verizon came in and just kind of wiped out <laughs> Comcast. We do have this thing called Spectrum as well, but yeah, like everything is pretty high speed here. But I don't have kids. I'm the only one on the <laughs> internet, so yeah, it, it's been pretty pretty cool. And and how many people are in your household? Uh, just me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So when I do have a, a podcast, I just, I, and I'm just, I'm the host. So I'm sending out the links, but then I disappear. I, I make it so you can't see me with my clients on there. So yeah, I get to do everything I, I need to do. And, and I haven't really experienced any low bandwidth for me. We're almost out of time. I One thing I want to ask all of you and get, get your individual takes on this is I've been fascinated by what's going to happen after the fact, as we transition out of this stage and at some point, I think early antibody tests will, will start to come. Mm -hmm. The data for that will come online and then eventually a vaccine. So what I'm curious about is how will things ramp up as far as the music and the audio world and business world? Will we see how will concerts be affected, recording sessions, et cetera? I'm curious, starting with you, Sarah, do you have any thoughts on that? Any predictions? Have you considered any of that at all? Yeah, I am really hopeful that when we get back to some sort of normality, we're going to experience a real upturn in demand. I hope that what's happening now is musicians are finding themselves at home and they've got time on their hands. So they're hopefully practicing their instrument, they're writing new songs, they're collaborating with their band, with their bandmates over Zoom. And they're right, just writing new music and they're going to be itching to get into the studio and get new music out there as soon as they can. So I'm really hopeful that whilst we've seen a complete nosedive now, I hope to see 
a bit of a boom when we're all able to go back outside and and mix with other humans again. So I've got my fingers crossed. I'm I'm feeling pretty hopeful about it. Mm. I just hope that people will find a way to last. All the music studios out there, I just hope that they can find some sort of way to hang on because I think it will it will take off, as I say, when we can all get back in touch with each other again. Yeah. Jameson, any thoughts on that topic? Yeah, I was thinking the same thing that Sarah was saying, that, yeah, with everybody locked away at home with their, their own devices, that, yeah, we're going to see a lot of music created because what else is a musician going to do when he's stuck in a room with a guitar or their instrument? You know, they're going to be creating. This is the time. So I think all of us recording professionals are going to find ourselves with a lot of work once this is over. And it'll be interesting to see the the whole industry and see all the art that's put out there. I'm hopeful mm. too that this is it's going to be a good thing. I'm being very optimistic, <laughs> and that um, you know this is going to turn around. And I think that's what we all need to do is just keep positive and just keep going. Any thoughts, Fela, on that topic? Any predictions of how things are going to ramp up or or not? Yeah, I agree with them with Sarah and Jameson. Yeah, we'll we'll get through it. I, I kind of feel like it'll kind of slowly open up that the studios will be the first to kind of, since there'll be such small gatherings, that'll be the first thing back open. The venue situation and the the festival season is, hmm, yeah. That's the worried part for for my brothers and sisters who are, you know, we're going to go out this summer. And I mean, that's our money time. And uh, that's going to be devastating coming this summer. It'll be, it'll, I, I, you know, I feel that it will open back up, of course. So it's going to be kind of slower for the mass gatherings again. Small gathering studios, we're going to be up and out quicker. But the venues, yeah, over 50 and, uh, you know, 500 people, it's going to be very hard to get that going anytime soon. I wonder if we're going to see an explosion in recordings because yeah. a lot of pent up musicians yeah. mm-hmm. doing a lot of writing. And that's great. Yeah. And, you know, maybe they're demoing stuff out. Maybe they're not even doing the demo thing. Maybe they're going right to the recordings and there'll be a a whole bunch of mixes to Mm -hmm. be had by all this. Well, I want to thank you all for for joining me today. This is, it's great to see all of you first and foremost. And audience for you, I will put links to everybody's websites and how you can reach them in the show notes. and, And we won't go over that now, but all that will be there for you. So you can reach out to Fela, Sarah, or Jameson at your leisure. Any parting thoughts? Anybody wants to say anything before we sign off? I actually did want to mention something that I forgot that my studio is doing that's kind of innovative is that we're doing this thing called Wednesdays at Wally's. And it's kind of a remote recording thing where one guy's at the studio, one guy's at home. Scott McDowell is mixing from home. And then they have a client who is at their home recording. And then so they're doing like this concert series thing where they do on Wednesdays and they have all these different time slots where these bands are playing and we'll put a a link up there. So I think that's kind of a cool, innovative thing that's happening right now. Yeah, be sure to send me a link and and we'll include that in the the show notes so people Mm -hmm. can check that out. That sounds interesting. Well, excellent. Thank you again for for joining me. Good to see all of you. Thank you. Good to see you guys. All right. Our friends over at Cali Audio have just introduced the brand new LPUNF system, which is meant to give you everything you need from a studio monitor in a package that you can basically set up anywhere. And the system is specifically designed for your desk. So no matter how else you're using your desk, reflections from the drivers to the desk to your ears are accounted for. 
giving you a perfectly clear picture of your mix that you can rely on to translate well. Whether you're putting them on stands behind your desk, on a desk away from walls, on a desk against a wall, on a desk on speaker stands away from the walls, there's a number of configurations and they have settings on the back to accommodate all of that and more. And if price is a concern, never fear. They're priced at $299. That's right, pretty affordable. Head on over to CaliAudio.com and check out the new LP UNF. That's my working from home panel there. Sarah Carter, Fela Davis, and Jameson Durer. Thank you so much for checking us out today. If you have an opportunity, stop on by the Working Class Audio website and check out the resources there. I want to thank everybody that helped out with the show today. That includes Anne-Marie Plo on the editing, Cliff Truesdale on the Working Class Audio theme song, and Mr. Chuck Smith with his lovely announcer voice. Thanks for coming back. Stay safe, stay healthy, spread the word about the show, and uh, yeah, check us out on social media as well. Until next time. Take care. Hey, I know many of you are aware of this, but for those of you that aren't aware, Working Class Audio sponsors the forum over at gearspace.com called Audio Life. And quite simply put, it's a place where audio professionals can go to talk with other audio professionals about things other than audio gear, including life hacks, work-life balance, health and hearing loss, you know, if you want to talk with other audio professionals who can identify with what your lifestyle is like and how it relates to things going on in the world outside of audio, this is a great place to go and check out. So head on over to gearspace.com, check out Audio Life, many of the same topics that we discuss here on the show on gearspace.com. So check that out. Yeah.